0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor,
2: a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi,
1: this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton
2: Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
4: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM. And welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, Our heroes are deep in the lair of a long-dead ancient white dragon. They're here to track down a legendary bardic instrument taken by a Baphomet cult, but the lair has more groups and more complexity than they first realized. Along with the cult, there are mind flayers who've blocked the passage leading into the Underdark. They're hunting some fiends called Abishai for their own purposes. Caught in the middle is the Smelly Tent Tribe, an Underdark merchant caravan that just wants to return to its root. The Heralds of Greenest have found and killed one of the Mind Flayers, but the other has escaped, and now they stand, recovering from the battle, deciding what to do next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks, I'm your DM Lauren, I'm also known as Oboe Crazy, and tonight I have some of the Bardic Blends tea from Friday Afternoon, which is delicious. Uh, it is not alcohol because my lovely husband is returning from Calgary Comic-Con this weekend. And at some point this evening, I have to go pick him up from the bus station. So I am enjoying delicious, delicious tea. And it's aromatic and lovely. And I figured if, if I got a talk, I, I had a, a recording earlier today. And then we're playing this. And what better than, you know, doing the bard thing? You know who else is lovely? Carlton. What are you drinking?
1: I am lovely. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. I decided to treat myself, uh, and I've got Texas Orange Dream Soda by Double Mm. Soda Company. So I'm guessing it tastes like a creamsicle.
4: I hope so. That's what it sounds like. And it does. It It does taste like
1: a creamsicle. So yeah, I'm going to actually enjoy my drink tonight.
4: I'm so sad that that's such a rare occasion. It's, It's getting there. We're getting better. Like, we've been on a nice streak.
1: Well, it's like, so there's like three tiers. There's I enjoy it. I tolerate it. This is garbage. And I've had a lot of tolerate ones Like, well, they're not good, they're not bad, but they're drinkable. It's just not something I want to drink all the time. Where it's like, all right, cool. A sweet sugary soda. Great. Let's do this.
2: <laughs> the arc of the soda universe is long, but it bends towards deliciousness.
4: Eventually. We just have to keep playing.
1: My, uh, <laughs> our, our friend went into our fridge the other day, and he's diabetic, so we can't have everything in there. And so he found some of my weird sodas and my weird drinks that were sugar-free and didn't realize that they were for recording. So he got a nice little surprise.
4: <laughs> oh! Oh no!
3: Oh, no. oh, oh dear! Ones.
4: So <laughs> now, oh. you know who else is lovely? Bernie. What are you drinking?
3: I I already I didn't I can't do the beautiful open and taste. Uh, but I am got another Collective Arts brewing beer because they're just quickly becoming my favorite brewery here. It is a sour beer. It is specifically. A sour, dry, hopped ale brewed with peach, passion fruit, and raspberry. It is very, very good. And it's got like a funny, weird dude. He looks like. Simpson esque. Yeah.
4: Maybe just the colors.
3: It's kind of Simpsons-esque. So I really like this beer. It is really, really good. It is... (laughs) I don't... If you like beers that are hoppy, don't take any of my recommendations. I hate hoppy beers. But no, I also just finished my dessert, which was two little pieces of toffee from Chapel Hill Creamery. If you're in North Carolina, please buy toffee from Chapel Hill Creamery. Your taste
4: buds will thank you. There you go. A lovely recommendation for toffee. You know who else is lovely? Travancore. What are you drinking? Oh, you
2: call me lovely. Thank you. Good people of favoring. Travancore's choice this evening is not particularly inspired or innovative or novel. It is iced tea, made from iced tea mix, because I was too busy today to go to the local beverage place to buy myself uh, something more interesting because we finally took down the baby gate for Travancore Jr. She is Yay! now a free range Almost two-year-old.
3: You got a free-range free range baby. baby. We got a
2: free-range toddler, like, learning <laughs> oh, how to coexist no. with our dog. Our dog is trying to figure out how to make sense of this being who has, like, free reign of the house the way he does.
3: And they're about the
4: same height, too. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
4: Pretty much. <laughs> oh. That is that is just fine. Is it thirst-quenching and lovely? Is that all that matters? Because you know, that, that's all I'm that matters? I'm actually
2: glad it's ice, too, because, you know, we're finally settling into that, that peak- Spring season where you get some summer like weather, but mostly it's perfect it's in that lower to mid sixties spot, which is like perfect weather, and mm-hmm. I think I'm actually good with ice tea because it's the perfect compliment for it.
4: You've got the cold tea, I got the hot tea, and you know who's lovely Jonathan, what are you drinking?
0: Hi I am Jonathan, the lovely, lovely. Matt
3: <laughs> you're Jonathan, the lovely <laughs> muscular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I-, I have been known by some as Jonathan the Lovely Muscular. Thank you, Jules. Today I have a Cuban Missile Crisis. I've gone back to a classic. It is vodka, it is cola, it is a little bit of lime juice, and it is quite delicious, and I'm very glad to have it. And tonight shot a fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to friend of the show, Julia Bailey. Now, Ooh, I don't know if she such a or her- good name. It is. is. I don't know if uh, she or her husband uh, listened to our show, but they are friends of ours. And I found out that Julia is actually going to be on Jeopardy! Now, this probably will come up after she has been on. She is in the quarterfinal of the teacher's uh, edition of Jeopardy! So her episode is, uh, she's first going to be on May 6th, and then... After that, it depends on how she does. So, uh, Julia, this is for you. Good luck. Go kick some ass, and may your buzzer skills be ever in your favor.
4: If she's already on Jeopardy, she already is. Yeah. It ass. is super she's hard already to way get smarter on Jeopardy than I will ever be. It's like way smarter. I
0: I actually, a few years ago, I met uh, I met a young lady who had been on Jeopardy, and this was she was uh, she became a kind of a rival at trivia stuff at uh, BGG Con a few few (laughs) years ago, and uh, yeah, she had totally been on Jeopardy. I actually had her on um, one of our remote episodes of Glib Shark talking about her time on Jeopardy. I remember her. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's the only other person I've known that's been on Jeopardy, and and now Julia joins that club.
4: Yeah. And now I've got. I've got weird Al going through my head. I, I lost, lost on in Jeopardy. No, but, we, no, no. No it's, on Jeopardy. <laughs> Ooh. no, it's me. I, know. I lost in Jeopardy. I haven't even been I out, lost on that's Jeopardy. Okay. You know who Baby. didn't lose? The Heralds of Greenest. They won this fight. You are Ooh. battered, and a lot of resources have been used up, and, and one of the Mind Flayers did get away. However, you stand victorious over the body of the other Mind Flayer and the Minotaur who had been taken over by... Intellect of hours. You did find out who the, what those were. You stand there moments after the end of this fight. The room is silent. The only thing I'll say before I turn you loose on this mind space we call D&D is, Travancore, your hunter's mark has not gone away yet. So all you know for sure is this other mind flayer is not dead. Uh- what would you like to do? I communicate as much to the group,
2: and I'm thinking Travancore's going to try and harvest some Mind flare tentacle. Sure.
4: How quick are you trying to do this, or are you going to take your time? I'm going to take my time,
2: because I figure if anything changes, I'll get pinged on my Hunter's Mark.
4: Okay. If you're going to take your time, I'm not going to make you roll for it. It's going to take several minutes to harvest all the tentacles slowly and carefully, but it's not like they're an internal organ or something hard to find. You can just grab a hold. They're surprisingly dry. And kind of brittle in a weird way. But yeah, you're going to spend the next couple of minutes slicing through tentacles. How about the rest of you?
0: Jonathan the match muscular is going to kind of like keep breathing heavy. And he's going to say, Bucks, have a look around. Go go out as far as you feel like and see if you can locate that uh, Alhoon. If it teleported away close, then we want to find it. And as he does that, Jonathan the match muscular is going to clutch, literally clutch a pearl. Like, oh my lord, that was... I've, oh my goddess, that was that was quite the fight, and clutch his Pearl of Power and recover a third level spell.
3: While Bucks
4: does that, Bernie, what are you doing?
3: Bernie's gonna do that thing that takes ten minutes that she always thinks doesn't take ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> Prayer of Healing, I believe. I'm trying to... Hold on. Actually, actually. Actually. Uh, she needs... Well, me. she's thinking about what, she's taking a moment to think about what she's going to do. She's picking which health spell is going to work, and there's so okay. many of them. And she doesn't, she didn't get up at 3 a.m. this morning like she did last time we played.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, while you uh, think through what makes the most sense, Carlton, what are you doing?
1: Carlton is thinking, he doesn't have a Minotaur skull in his collection. He should totally have a Minotaur skull in his collection. So he's going to, I want to go collect uh, a skull, and, and, you know, while I'm... While I'm collecting, I'm going to check it out. See what's funky about it.
4: Okay. Are you trying to collect just the skull or are you just taking the whole head? Because these are not skeletons. These are full creatures.
1: Yeah, I guess it would be easier to just lop the head off and then let the Modrons deal with it. They can clean it. Is is Carlton saying any of this? <laughs> I, I, Carlton goes to the body and he's like, I could just let them clean it. They could do it. Carlton. Yeah. You, you understand that the Modrons
0: have a limited space that the, our pocket universe is a small universe
1: right so that gunk is gonna have to go somewhere right i'm not really good at cleaning up and prepping a skull like to put over the fireplace but they can and then we take the gunk after they've m- taken it off the skull oh, and then we put it outside like Help. in the oh i can use it for fertilizer
3: No, Carlton dear. Oh God! I gotta tell you, thing. I am. I'm assuming, you never were involved in soap making or candle making. Do you know what tallow is? No. Okay. So sometimes soaps and candles. So I'll give you a little bit of a lesson about what it's like to be in the temple to the goddess of bay. Clearly, clearly all of our candles are made from beeswax and you can make soap out of that too. Um but sometimes you run out and you use animal fat which you have to render. Now tallow specifically often comes from well generally refers to cows. But I'm gonna tell These you cow I, yeah I'ma tell you a fun secret about that stink. That stink Never comes out. You have to burn it out, huh? Three pairs of wrap acolyte robes gone! And you only get an a certain allotment for the year, so let me tell you, I had to do a lot of clothes on. so I just do you know how you get a skull clean to hang up places? No, you boil it and I rendering. And all of the fat and you think there really isn't that much fat and man there's fat in places you never thought fat could be. I do not. So
1: what you're saying What
3: our home
1: is that I put it in the bag and then we do it at in water deep instead.
0: Yep. It, Jonathan it, the it. Metamuscular uh, and as Jonathan the Metamuscular is saying this, he's like got his hand on the bridge of his nose, but he's still holding his pearl because he just did that. He's like, Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Um oh god. This is, the, this is the only way we're going to get you to, to let this one go. We're going
3: to go um, see a taxidermist.
1: Yes, we'll do that. Ugh. But when I'm checking out the thing, uh, oh wait, do they have brains still now that the brain's walked out?
3: You know what's very interesting is um, I don't really want to know. That's such a fun fact that I don't need my repertoire.
4: Well, Carlton is asked, and so Carlton gets to make an investigation check. Meanwhile, Bucks is making, uh, where would Bucks like to go? And then I'll have him do a perception check.
0: There's further down, like, so this lab ends, like, it, it is a finite area, but the, like, the rest of the tunnel keeps going in the direction we were going, right?
4: Kind of. So you came down one tunnel uh, from north to south, let's say. That was the tunnel that had split and you were told comes back together. So in this large uh, cavern that you're in, you can see the tunnel you came from. You can see a secondary tunnel that looks like it leads in a similar direction that you don't know for sure, but seems to indicate it would be the split from earlier that basically just goes back the way you came. Mm -hmm. There is this lab area that, as you correctly said, is a finite area. It's it's basically, it looks like a room out of a dwarven ruin. And then there is the small creek that bubbles up from underground somewhere, runs through this area, and then heads off to the west. And down that creek, that is a, a large passage again. So... Basically, you have three ways you can go from here. You can go down the creek, which the goblins seem to indicate was the passage they take going back to the Underdark. You can go back up the way you came, or you can go a third passage, which you assume from what you were told goes back the way you came.
0: Hmm. Jonathan the Magimuscular is... Uh, can Jonathan the Muscular make an intelligence check of some sort to try and intuit, like, if I were a mind flayer trying to get away with a short-range teleport, because like Jonathan the muscular knows that th- it's very possible that this thing used like teleport or plane shift because he's researching the spells to get away, but he doesn't know which one because he was very distracted with this thing actually poofed. So he wants to kind of look at it tactically, like assuming that he didn't just Poof away, like, miles and miles away or to a different plane. If he did a short-range one, which would be the most tactically sound to escape?
4: I'll say since... I'm not going to make you roll since you you don't exactly know what's down one tunnel, so it'd be hard to guess. But you think if if you exclude anything super long-range, and if you exclude plane shifting and all of those, if you think he's short-term then it would make more sense for it to have gone down the tunnel that leads further into the Underdark, because you know back the way you came, there is the Smelly Tent tribe, and yeah, one of these Mind Flayers is, is dangerous, but it's injured, and even one of them against an entire clan would probably get killed. So your guess... Would be from from all the information you know. Okay, uh, but that's making a lot of assumptions, right?
0: So assumptions are all we have because we're a bunch of asses. So Jonathan the muscular tells Bucks, "All right, check down the uh, the way towards the Underdark. Go out about go about five hundred feet. Go go out of our range range a little bit, and then and then come right back. See see what you can see."
4: Okay, as Bucks heads in that direction, Bernie. Have you come to a decision on what you would like to do, or do you need a bit more time?
3: Bernie's been sitting there after reminding Carlton that she's not going to deal with that kind of stink in her home. <laughs> um, None of that and,
0: nonsense. <laughs>
3: uh, she decided that she was going to cast Prayer of Healing as a fourth-level spell. Everybody gets back 25 points of health. Sweet. Which means I have 64 points of health. Jonathan the Magic Messler has 49. We're still going to have to figure out how to deal with that carlton is basically back up to his normal health and almost 26 25 oh actually hold on i get extra health i'll i have more than 64 points of healing that puts me me. back to max yeah you're back to max but you still have aid and aid gave you 120 and i think yeah uh, so i'm
1: one point shy
3: yeah you're one point shy that's good you're a tank traveling cords back up to max the bears back up to max and I've got to figure out. I always forget that I can add. Like any time I heal anybody else, I get all these buffs that like heal you me do. even more. So life clerks are great.
4: Describe what what does prayer of healing look like over these ten minutes? Well, well, Travencore is slicing through mind flare tentacles, and Carlton is slicing through a minotaur skull, and Jonathan is clutching a pearl and thinking about bucks. What what exactly do you do for the next ten minutes to cast the spell?
3: So I think. It's it's one of those things where they talk about it's creatures of your choosing really specifically and you don't have to touch them. But I've always thought about like healing is sort of this like very interesting act of knowing someone and like knowing what's wrong with them and it's feels to me like it's this idea of this like divine magic that is reaching out and touching somebody. So I think I don't know if you guys have ever I once had this is going to get really woo-woo and I'm not that woo-woo. But it's a really interesting exercise in, like, calming yourself down. I once had a yoga teacher when everybody was doing sort of constructive rest that she said to try to reach out from your body and feel where everybody else was around you by your senses alone. Try to figure out, try to reach out with your – it was woo. She was like, use your energy and reach out from your body and feel the energy of everybody else pulsing around you. I do not need anybody to personally ascribe to that. I don't know that I do, but it's a really interesting exercise in thought that there is, that you, can, you have a sense about you where you can spatially reason yourself. So I think that it looks something like that. I think whenever she's doing a healing spell, it is a very, very concise knowledge of where you are in relationship to all the creatures around you. And so she sits there, and I think she just reaches out. Like, I think that's – and I think it's easy for her at this point because she knows all – everybody. Like, she knows what everybody feels like. So if you had to, like – like, if you just sit there, she's just sitting there, like, fiddling with some shit and not, like, just not – she doesn't look like she's doing anything. But I think what it actually is is I think it's a, an act of physically – reaching out with her spiritual instead of her corporeal being to channel something, which is why it takes so long because if she could physically touch all of them and do all of this and you guys are like moving around like idiots, right? You're all like tra la la and trying to cut like tentacles off of things. And so it's like harder because you're moving, but she knows you. So it's easier. So I imagine if she didn't, I honestly think like if she didn't know them as well and like know what they all felt like in the spiritual plane, then it would take a little longer.
4: Yeah. So that's my thoughts on prayer of healing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, I, I like that. So all of you are kind of busy doing your own thing, recovering in your own way, and you all feel the healing essence that is incredibly familiar from your cleric come through you. Carlton, you feel this in the middle of investigating the brain's or the, uh, the skulls of these Minotaur. What'd you roll?
1: I rolled a 10 to figure out if they still had a brain when the brain left their body.
4: Okay. I'm gonna say, so two of these Minotaur, the, the brains on legs left by the top of the head, but one of them, the jaw became distended and it like crawled out oh, of the mouth. Oh yeah,
0: that was fucked up. Yeah. So
4: I'm gonna say you go for that one because the horns are still intact and it's hard to look up the jaw into the head of a creature but you're pretty sure it's empty
1: so do i know if the brain's coming out if that was their brain or something replaced it i don't think we figured that out did we there's,
4: nope, there's I did. no there's there's no
1: johnson the magimuscular
0: had a very up close and personal look at these things they were definitely not their brains
1: Right, what I'm saying, is it a, a different creature, or did they, their brain become that thing from the... Oh, I don't know.
4: Carlton doesn't know. Carlton just knows there's no longer a brain in this thing. Jonathan, you would know that in, since you figured out what that creature was earlier, intellect hours are different creatures. That brain got replaced, maybe eaten, mostly replaced.
0: Yeah, different creatures. It's fucked up. Yeah.
4: So, I don't yeah, like these the brains. I don't want
0: them in the house.
1: Uh, yeah no they
0: weren't getting in our house
1: yeah
0: jo- no, jonathan and made sure of that are we going to uh since some of us are, are hurt a little bit more and could recover spells do we want to take a breather while bucks uh takes a look around
4: well that's a good question before you answer that let me finish out what's going on in these 10 minutes and then you can kind of make a decision but i think it's a good question carlton does that mean you're not taking a minotaur head
1: yeah, no, because, like, I forgot that the two busted out, which is going kind to of screw up the horns, and then this one, like, there's no one that has an intact entire skull, like, this one's missing, like, the bottom part, like, so I kind of wanted that real Texan kind of cow skull thing. <laughs> well,
0: cow skulls don't have the jaw. That's true.
3: They don't. Love it. I will take the lower one. jawbone on cow skulls.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take jawbone here, I'll, I'll just lob the head off and put it in the bag if you'll figure it out a problem for future Carlton. Okay, uh, oh you lob the head off and stick
4: it in the bag. Does our bag smell? Uh, from the outside? No. Travancore. <laughs>
3: oh,
1: no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Remember, this bag also had swamp water in it for a while.
4: D- this bag. This bag. Poor and none of the are
1: transferred to the other items.
3: I'm worried that... I'm so worried about this poor bag.
4: Well, here's the good news. Uh, none of you really want to put your head in it for other reasons besides the smell. Travancore, you've successfully lopped off... Oh, my God. I've never actually counted. Hold on a second. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, I just, while the whole minotaur exchange was going on me as a person, I just thought to myself, Oh my god, the cowboy, the real cowboys of Mumesa. They were all
4: minotaurs. I just put that together now. (laughs) Mind blown. There you go. (laughs) You have this realization as you cut off four of the tentacles of, there's only four tentacles on this mind flayer. They are long, and they're- they vaguely resemble like an octopus, vaguely, but you, you, they're much more, they're dry and cracked and uh, there's something very alien about them. Uh, and what's Shadow during, doing during these 10 minutes? Ooh. Um, trying to
3: eat, Shadow's doing, trying to eat all the goo. Oh no, well, no, Shadow is
4: smarter I, than that. I think
2: Shadow's in work mode, like, he- got a good enough whiff of these mind flares that he's probably on the prowl trying to see if he can pick up the scent of the other one somehow like just making sure that if, if he smells something he'll let everyone know
4: um how far are you letting him range to try to track down a scent because everywhere in here smells like mind
2: flare. right 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 I, i'm i think travencore would know enough to try and keep shadow nearby just because the mind flare came back so i'd say no more than 30 feet away from travencore any given time
4: <sighs> okay uh, then, yeah, I mean, he can smell these things everywhere, but it's a little hard to track without going a little bit further away, which Bucks is. So Bucks wings down the path, flying down over the creek, the fast moving creek, which about three, four hundred feet just before his 500 foot mark that he's been ordered to stop at and turn around. Uh, it starts to slow down a little bit and widen, but the the cave itself continues mostly featureless. It's gone back to being rough stone probably carved out by this ancient white dragon. And I would love for him to make a perception check as he reaches his 500 meter or his 500 foot mark.
0: His celestial eyes glow slightly as he has advantage for this. So that is going to be a 21.
4: He takes a look around uh and a listen and bucks does a little circle kind of taking a a close look down both passages without having to actually land on the ground because he he knows that that's probably a bad idea doesn't see any sign of any creatures it's all stone and so it's it's there's no signs of tracks it's been long enough since the Smelly Tent Tribe has come through here that even any of the markings and trappings that a large caravan would have left coming through are gone. He can't see anything. Okay. So what does Bucks decide to do?
0: Oh, I've been given a mission by Jonathan the Magimuscular to find this horrible, horrible villain. Hmm. Wanted me to come back. But I'm a brave owl. I will go. 500 feet more!
4: Alright, is he, at this point, is he continuing to go as fast as he can, or is he going stealthy? How is he going?
0: He's gonna, he's gonna, he's brave, but not stupid. He's gonna try and stealth. So it's gonna take a little while, and Jonathan the Muscular is going to start to worry.
4: Okay, give me a stealth check for Buck. Soft 20. Okay. As he goes 500 more feet, the ground becomes more steep. But the cavern continues to be very wide. It's easily 50, 60 feet in diameter, if not more. Uh, Once again, large enough that you think a a dragon could get through. But there hasn't been any offshoots yet. It's still just following this stream as it winds its way down. There has been a curve to the right a little bit, but otherwise, nothing else of obvious note. Go ahead and give me another perception check for Buck.
0: All right. He's going to get another 21.
4: Okay. He does notice a few, few pieces of, of broken wood, like small bits and pieces, some cloth. He starts to notice now that he's a little further down what you would expect a caravan dropping to look like, you know, just parts that have fallen off. He's starting to notice that a little bit more now that it's further into this cavern system. But once again, no, no other tracks, no other anything. Except that there is movement further down the way he's going. <sighs> I'm trying to think. He can't tell exactly what it is. It's one of those and where he sees like a shadow shift in the distance. Bucks
0: is going to feel like in this moment that it's better to ask forgiveness than to uh, ask permission. And I mean, Bucks... Got that this was a tough fight. And he, I think he feels like he felt the emotions that Jonathan the Magic Muscular felt. And even though Jonathan the Magic Muscular, when he was like, hey, go check it out, like he's concerned, he felt uh, JMM's concern for him. I think he also felt how angry this thing made him and how much it bothered him. He's going to go check it out.
4: All right. I'll go ahead and roll one last stealth check.
0: Uh, That's going to be a 19.
4: Okay. And roll another perception check. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: that is a natural
4: 20 for a total of a 23. Cheers. Bucks. He continues to wing his way down silently, watching the walls, looking at the floor, looking for signs of tracks, watching ahead of him where he saw this movement. And then he sees something else It's he sees where this movement came from and he realizes that wherever it was it was actually on the ceiling in front of him and then he sees what looks like a, a second movement just outside of his view and then a third and he notices the tail just before it whips out at him and there's this as Bucks' wings in the air basically comes to a halt just before this creature holding itself onto the ceiling. Its head now dips down, and so Bucks can now see this gaping maw, these red beady eyes, and this barbed tail that has just barely missed him that he noticed thanks to a natural 20. I need Bucks to roll initiative.
0: I don't think he has any proficiencies on this.
3: Oh god.
0: <laughs>
3: this was not what I was
0: expecting to Neither we was I. Uh, alright. So yeah, it's just his straight decks. So here okay. we go. 14.
4: Okay.
1: I'm hoping for cheering for you, bud.
4: That is that is more than this creature got. Oh, oh, god. God. oh Bucks gets ben. to go first. Run uh, away, what, Bucks. What he can see in this moment as he uh, manages to see this creature before it can b- uh, before he gets into range to be attacked is the long barbed tail these leathery wings that are starting to unfold from the ceiling and two more figures on either side of it he's managed to stop before he's under any of them uh, and this one head that is it's bat like upside down kind of staring at him <sighs> what does bucks
0: do runs or flies just <laughs> he he doesn't even stealth he just like shoosh, and because of his uh flyby ability he doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when he flies out of an enemy's reach
4: well fortunately because he is because of that natural 20 he didn't actually get into the oh creature's okay. reach. Oh, shit. he was literally five feet away from walking into it from flying into its reach okay how fast is bucks
0: bucks is his fly speed is 60 and he's gonna be doing a move and dash.
4: Okay. As he wheels around and dashes with all of his speed back up the way he came, this creature completely unfolds itself from the ceiling, the uh, upside down then flipping around in the air as giant black and blue leathery wings flap, its barbed tail leading behind it. Two identical creatures also dis coming loose from the sides of the the tunnel as all three start to chase after Bucks. <laughs> oh shit. Oh
0: shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh
2: shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, it's like and, and he's not away.
0: he is terrified. So he is softly hooting as he does this. So it's like a doppler if you were like standing there, you would hear a
4: <laughs> <laughs> Buck starts to pull away from these creatures. He is slightly faster than they are. Oh, buddy. But just at the last moment the one stops the one in the middle, the one that originally attacked, stops its awful hissing rasping, and it starts to moan. Mm-hmm. I need Bucks to make a wisdom saving throw.
0: Well, let me just roll the dice to see if it matters.
4: It always matters.
0: He gets a 19.
4: He is afraid of these creatures, but he is not frightened of them and he is not startled by it. And so he manages to pump his wings faster as the, the last efforts to ensnare your familiar fail and bucks <laughs> wings away and very quickly after that whatever this creature was stops chasing him as he continues to just book it back the way you came jonathan when he gets within a hundred feet what do you do
0: so jonathan the magimuscular is like jonathan the magimuscular is quite concerned um um Travancore, time check nope. um but it, it doesn't seem like it's been a long time. It feels like... Uh, Bernie, it feel, feels like a long time. Jonathan the Magimuscular feels like it's been a minute. Like, longer. Um, he it, should be back.
3: Well, I mean, technically, it's been ten.
0: Uh, John, John, Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't want to leave his friends, but his friend is out there. Uh, Jonathan the Muscular is most concerned. Jonathan the Magimuscular is just kind of rambling at this point. And you hear more yeah. more ramblings that begin with Jonathan the Muscular is.
4: Okay. Bucks wings into your your hundred foot <gasps> radius.
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular is much more uh, is feeling better, uh, but uh, yeah, Bucks is coming back. Wow, I don't feel fear much from my familiar, but I'm getting like gobs well, of fear. Go like, and as Jonathan, it's very confusing. And as Bucks comes in, he just whoop flies right into Jonathan the Magimuscular's chest. It's like, oh hey, hey buddy. So you were a while and Bucks is just like not moving. He's just like looking around.
4: Panicked owl look.
0: Yes. Like his <laughs> somehow his eyes are wide He's
3: all eyes. He's you can't like, like, even see he's <laughs> nothing,
0: nothing but eyes. And just so two I'm pairs like, of eyes. Buddy, Gut. Glad, glad you're back. What happened? Where where'd you go? And he downloads everything he saw. And you like Jonathan the Muscular's eyes, like
4: Are we still telepathically connected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, you, so you cast Rory's tel- telepathic bond, is that an eight hour or one hour? Oh, I, that's I don't a remember. one hour,
0: I might have to recast it.
4: Not just yet, but it's about to, and it's about to, yeah, to
0: go. Bucks saw some movement, he decided that he was going to be a brave, brave dumb owl, and he went after what he saw, and it was not one of the Alhoons, it was... These weird bat things.
4: That's
3: not a mind flayer.
0: No, no. They were like, they were attached to the ceiling and they these barbed tails. Now that Jonathan the Muscular is getting these images from Bucks, can he try and uh, maybe identify what they are?
4: Uh, roll a nature check.
0: Uh, let's see here. The, what is nature for me? It's not. Oh, it's uh, that's going to be another soft 20
4: yeah you've heard of of these kind of creatures they're they're actually pretty common. Cloakers are dangerous, but they are not the most dangerous things ever and that they are ambush predators. They hide against ceilings and of of rocks and on walls, and they wait for you to be in range and then they they try to smother you
0: but it would be extremely dangerous for a tiny owl.
4: bucks would be dead, yeah bucks would easily very quickly be dead. Well,
0: buddy, thank you for that guys uh. Uh, jonathan the Muscular reports that there are cloakers uh further down the way so we'll want to keep an eye out and jonathan the magimuscular is just going to hug his little owl for a little
3: bit wait are they they were chasing him right are they coming still bucks heard them stop
0: yeah and you he you see bucks kind of shake his head and i don't think we added him to the call so i'll just say uh he seems to think that they stopped
1: Three Azamar and a tiefling are sent to a strange new world on a divine mission. Trouble is, when they arrive, none of them can remember what the mission is, and only one of them has any interest in the god that sent them. Join Briathos, Bizdira, Kit, Flick, and DM Jazzy Hands as they play matchmaker with
2: kobolds, assassinate Yuan-Ti political figures, and completely, if accidentally, disrupt the delicate equilibrium of the world they found themselves in. Reviewers call it a
1: patchwork of beautiful storytelling, immersive roleplay, and a healthy sprinkling of humorous banter. The Last Refuge is a weekly D&D actual play podcast set in a completely original world. Check us out at dndlastrefuge.com. Happy
2: gaming, y'all.
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on May 26th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. B-A-W-R-S-U-N-K-C-A-Y-S-L-I-S-P. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, Enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. So I'll say at this point, all the stuff that you've been taking care of has happened. Prayer feeling has happened. This little adventure has happened. Travancore, you now successfully have the tentacles of an Alhoon. Carlton has the head of a Minotaur. You haven't really searched this area very much. Uh, If there was anything else you wanted to look at, uh, or what did you want to do next?
1: We should probably look at, like, the stuff on the tables that the Alhoons were working with, right? Yeah. yeah. I
3: kinda I feel like Bernie wants to do a little getting up and looking around and just seeing what she can see.
1: I'll okay. hold the bag open for Travancore to put the tentacles in. Here you
2: go Bud Yep. Uh drop the tentacles in the bag. Sure.
1: Well
3: now we know we have are going to very soon have a very special weapon where we'll just open our purse up for anybody to see and the smell will kick them back and kill them.
4: Yes, that
1: was our <laughs> plan all along. Yes. Damn it, you figured it out.
4: The smells of your bag of holding. You all take a moment to walk basically into this very simple... I mean, laboratory is saying a lot for what was going on here. There, You remember there being some books and papers. Uh, there did seem to be some uh, alchemical equipment set up on one table, but it's it's very simplistic and ramshackle. You don't see any place to sleep. You don't see any food or anything. You do remember the one that got away grabbed a bunch of stuff off the table before it booked it. But you do notice a couple of things really without having to look. there's nothing it, it's all wooden tables, very simplistic wooden tables with a couple things on top of it. You do see a black almost velvet bag sitting on the edge of one of the tables. and next to it is some some scraps of paper next to one of the few books that this creature did not grab. And over on the side, there is another wooden table set up with some of this alchemical equipment. It's dry right now. There's nothing actually going through it. And the the Bunsen burner that would normally be feeding it is off.
3: Bernie wants to poke the velvet bag with her mace, Kevin. Okay. What do I do poke and check? Uh, You hear a slight jingling noise. Uh, She's going to open up, see what's in it.
4: Okay. Uh, you open it up, it seems to be just a really nice velvet bag. It's it's big. It's the size of a cantaloupe. I was the trying to think of, of a melon. Lauren,
0: or Laura Bailey's uh, dice bag.
4: It, it, no, it's smaller than that. Nothing oh, is the shit. size of Laura Bailey's <laughs> dice bag. It's about cantaloupe sized, and it's made of some really nice material. On the inside, as you search through, you find uh, 48 platinum. You find 123 gold. And a... It's a marble statue about a half a foot in diameter of a white dragon with rubies for eyes on either side. They're, they're nice size rubies. They look to be about 50 gold pieces each.
3: Oh, um, I don't think we have to worry about getting paid for this one, guys. And Bernie's going to open the bag up and hold it out like it's trick-or-treat.
2: Yulzmas <laughs>
1: came early this year. So that's 12 platinum each and 30 gold, 30.75 gold. We
0: can, we can stick the remainders in party funds. Uh, Jonathan the Muscular probably could use a little bit more money because he has been doing uh, some spell stuff. Uh, speaking yeah, of I, which... I
1: treat it pretty much as all party fun, but for my individual tracking. Right. Jonathan the Muscular
0: is going to take a look at the table and he's going to be like, uh, I'm going to need to recast, uh, what was it, Telcom? What are we memories tel- telepathic tele- bond? Tel- no, no, no. Tra- Travancore <laughs> called it something earlier. That was funny.
3: I don't know. You called it the group call.
2: It's like, oh gosh, I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm blanking. I, I think, think it was I like, think it was telcom. Believe it or not, bond telcom or like. Brain phone or something. It must be something stupid like that. I don't remember. This
0: is why you re- listen to the L it's episodes. It's the party line. I, I have
2: been up until the last three or four episodes. I fall behind. Like I've been religious about that for the last three or four years, and finally I have a gap because there's other podcasts I want to catch up on. But there's a whole other story.
4: All right, that's uh, all right. Anyway, that's cheating. why I recap.
0: The uh, so the group call needs to go back up, but um, but I want to check out and see if there's anything else like of arcane interest in the area.
4: Okay, are you just looking around or are you doing like a detect magic kind of thing? I don't when, have when to you detect mean magic.
0: I, yeah, I'm just going to have to look around.
4: Okay. There really isn't much. Go ahead and give me an investigation check.
0: I'm due for a bad roll. Uh, it's not terrible. I'm just all about the soft 20s today.
4: Okay. Besides the, the small notebook and the papers and this alchemical setup that is dry, you don't Rarely see anything else. Uh, looks like whatever the, the mind flayer that escaped was able to grab a lot of the other stuff that was on the table. You also know, well, you're unsure of what's going on with these specific mind flayers. You do know in general they're not materialistic. They don't, they, they, they travel light. They're not usually keeping a lot of stuff on them. In fact, the, the fact that you've found a bag of any kind of money
0: is a little weird. Do the coinage have any, like, any particular, like, national origin? Like, they, oh, well, these are Care Calendar coins, or, oh, these are, you know, Faean coins, or anything like that.
3: Like, I assume, like, they're minted somewhere, and maybe even if it's just a universal currency, it's, you can tell a thing was minted in a place, like, maybe
4: each mint has a mark.
1: Does it have the D or the P, like, (laughs) for Denver or Philadelphia?
4: Yeah. Um, a quick look shows that it's a it's a little bit of a variety of where they came from, but it's all sword coast ish.
0: Okay. So nothing
4: exotic.
0: Yeah, so no like weird Chultian coins, like essentially Aztec gold. Cursed, no, it all seems
4: to be at Aztec least Aztec this gold. this
2: yeah. hemisphere's worth of coins. Okay. Travel course size because your money is so plain. Yeah. I mean, they weren't
3: <laughs> going to pay us. To go, they were probably gonna kill us, but weren't they trying to convince us to go kill some stuff for them or bring it back alive? And
0: yeah, they wanted us to go capture the uh, Abishai, and uh, so they could eat them.
3: I'm pretty sure they were also going to eat us, but
0: probably. I mean, we would have come in having fought Abishai, which look at us now, like yeah. we, yeah, you know, like that we we were to- we were only told about these mind flayers, and turns out they had. These horrible minotaurs and these horrible brain dogs. Like, I refuse to call them intellect devourers because that name freaks me out. So, Jonathan the Medge Muscular is going to refer to them as brain dogs.
1: I like brain dogs.
0: Brain dogs.
3: I like dogs a lot, and I don't think that's fair to dogs. Oh, that's Bernie true. Bernie says pointedly what? looking at Coco Snoop. Brain
0: pooch? No, that's 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 even
3: cuter. No. Brain
4: works? Brain well, beast. Brain, brain beast. paws.
0: No. No. Brain beast. brain, brain.
4: Medulla oblongata's on legs. Medulla <laughs> oblongobblers!
0: No, I like it. Okay, medulla oblongobblers. There we medulla. go.
2: <laughs> that's going in the book.
0: Yep, that's official. Jonathan the Mag... Look, Bernie. And Jonathan the Magimuscular actually kneels down and says, Bernice Q. Burns, Jonathan the Magimuscular will do everything he can to get them officially <laughs> recognized as medulla oblongata's. Gobblers.
4: Well,
3: we, the good thing is and she holds up the velvet bag, we can totally just bribe our way into it now.
0: I like that plan. He also had his fist. She,
3: oh, sorry. <laughs> I personally, Julia, Julia the person just held out her fist.
4: <laughs> That's how into the RP we are.
3: Guys, I'm sorry. You'll get me being good at D&D at some point. These last two Mondays have been doomsies. You're being awesome
0: at D&D. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, babe, me, if, oh. if what we're going to get is better than this, that's going to be amazing.
4: This is uh, amazing. I'm super happy.
3: Birdie's going to fist bump him. She's going to stare at his fist for a second. And then <laughs> she's going to go, oh. And she's just going to put her fist out and gently tap yours.
0: It's going to be like in Zootopia when she's when uh, the the rabbit is like fist bumping the one like rhinoceros and it's just like push very slightly.
4: Would anybody else like to do anything here or are you uh, going somewhere? What What's what's up next?
0: Well, Jonathan Metamosco is going to reestablish the bond real quick so we don't lose it while we come down. So I'm going to need like 10 minutes.
4: OK, Jonathan plunks down starts to cast for rary's telepathic bond again for the next 10 minutes what would the rest of you like to do for 10 minutes um, is there anything else you'd like to check out or you're just gonna wait patiently? is that enough for a short rest uh no you do need an hour for a short rest and so far it's only been 15 minutes this is gonna be 25 you can decide if you'd like to stay here for the full hour and take a short rest um i will say that you can you could get a, a short rest even with the the prayer of healing and the very telepathic bond because those are not, those are not like crazy difficult spells Uh, but you'd have to stay here for another, it'd be a full hour
3: I don't know guys, what do you think?
4: I'm fine with that
2: I'm okay with the short rest
3: Certain people with magic muscles could do to roll some hit die
0: Bucks at this point, while Jonathan is busy doing his thing is going to, uh, Bucks is going to go over to Shadow and like stand next like, like stand next to Shadow, and then very slowly kind of, like, lean over and then poop right right
2: into his paw. Aww. Because he's tired. What's
4: Shadow gonna do? Uh,
2: Shadow is going to to take a whiff, just to rule out. I mean, Shadow knows what poop looks like. Shadow's experienced having experience with poop. But hope eternal always springs, right? So it, it could be a jelly bean. He has to smell it to be absolutely certain. That's just, no, no, just he, didn't, he didn't poop. He
0: just like he just like leaned over
2: and yeah, I didn't. Sorry, I misspoke.
0: He leans no. over and like is pooped. Like oh, he, okay. he is He's just tired, super
2: tired. Well, that's far less offensive. Okay.
3: <laughs> no, I think we keep it. I really like the idea that Bucks came over and affectionately shat on
4: Shadow. So okay, I, okay, uh, we'll do this. I like we'll do this. Both happening, affectionately shitting next to Shadow and then leaning into him. Exhausted. Just I like, like the idea little... of both.
2: Yes, he's exhausted, and then a-
0: after that, a couple little pellets come
2: out. <laughs> Shadows going to going to nuzzle <laughs> bucks a little bit, and he says, "Was that scary, huh?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of them are in the call. It's okay because you are small, but you are fast, and I am big, and I am not as fast, but I will protect you because that is what a fire bear does. Aww. Aww.
4: Carlton, what are you doing during this short rest?
2: Can I go over the
1: kind of, you said there was like some papers and sheaves of parchment and stuff like that? Yeah,
4: it was like a couple of pieces of paper and a small book that seems to have been missed being scooped up, as well as this alchemical apparatus that is, looks like it hasn't been used in a while.
1: All right. Well, um, you know, I definitely am not the smartest tool in the shed, but I do have a little bit of reading comprehension. Uh, I want to kind of sheaf through the papers in the book and uh, see if there's anything I could pick up on what they were trying to do.
4: Okay. Uh, What languages do you speak?
1: Great question.
4: That's what I'm here for.
1: There are three languages that I speak, one of them being common, the other being orc, and then the other one being in the orc uh, script, which is dwarvish.
4: Okay. So there's two uh, small, loose pieces of paper and this small notebook. And the two loose pieces of paper, um, one of them has a, a crudely drawn image on it that doesn't have any words on it, but the other piece of paper and the small book are incomprehensible. You have no idea what any of it means. The piece of paper, however, is a picture of a dragon creature. It is... It's hard to tell scale because it is only this one creature, but it is, it looks like a dragonborn with wings and a tail and the frills, but it's wearing clothing and it, it seems to have slightly exaggerated features, longer arms, lankier. Uh, so it's, it, it looks more like a dragon than a dragonborn, especially with the wings and the tail and the spikes and everything. Guys,
1: I think those tiny dragons that we were looking for are about the size of a piece of paper.
3: Um, Wait, I'm sorry, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, see, look, I found a piece of paper that has a drawing of the tiny dragon, so, like, I think this is how big they are. Carlton, is it to, is I it to scale? you, it's
3: not- well, There's no
1: bananas around, so you don't know. And then Travancourt, you speak every language
2: in the sun. What does this say? Uh, I take it to try and read it.
4: Should okay. Should I read off my languages? I'll make it slightly easier because your languages could take a while. Do you speak deep speech? You do not understand what this says. The
1: one time tea comes into play.
4: For the first time ever, you are stymied by a language.
2: This is this is clearly gibberish, because as you know, I know every language known to the intelligent world.
3: Bernie and Coco Snoot roll at each other and make a sip tea face or look at each other and roll their eyes. But uh Bernie says, Um, Carlton, I don't think they're the size of the paper. If I draw you on a sheet of
4: paper, you're not that size.
1: Right, like, I'm not that size, but these things probably are, because, like, they said they were tiny dragons. I'm not a tiny person.
4: I think it was the goblins who said this, but you were told that the, quote-unquote, tiny dragons are, like, humanoid-sized. They're tiny for dragons, but they're, like, the size of Carlton. I think it was the goblins who told you that.
3: Yeah, they're not that tiny, Carlton.
4: Well,
2: let me ask this. I read it and didn't understand what it said, but I saw the picture of the tiny dragon, so does that ping any kind of dragonly knowledge in my mind at all, or no?
4: between learning so you heard that they were abishai before and you made a role before this just kind of confirms what they are this is ah. this is an abishai i'll say yeah. that
2: we know they're abishai at least
1: are all abishai created equal no <laughs> then can we tell what type of abishai they, this is
0: didn't they say that one was black and one was green
1: oh
2: yeah you were told i are really to the
1: old episodes. Or find my notebook that's buried on my desk somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's more importantly,
2: I'm already on my third book of notes, so it's a lot to look through. But I guess be fairly recent. Welcome to my yeah. world.
4: Yeah, Jonathan finishes Rary's tel- telepathic bond. Um, you need to spend another thirty minutes hanging out here. Uh, is there anything you would like to do during that time, or do you just want to take the long rest and then get going?
0: I think at this point, everyone, including For animals, rest. can be added to the call. Let me it's up to you.
4: Depends on I, how you want I to think cast the this animal.
0: Out. I think it's time to let the animals back in. So let's see. Eight willing creatures of your choice. So the four of us, and we don't have any companions right now. So three animals. All right. Uh, oh, my. Oh, uh, whew, I did. That was. Uh, I can. Oh, I can talk now. Uh, that was quite scary. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. My my dear shadow. Uh, my dear fire bear for for comforting me. Oh you are quite soft and and reassuring. It is one of
2: my many strengths.
4: All right, what you doing? Oh, well, i supposed <laughs> to I am supposed
3: to chime in. Yes. Little bird, I'm glad giant bad thing did not do an eat on you would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> do an eat on
0: you. <laughs> do a munch. Do a nom. <laughs> nom, nom, nom.
3: Crunch, crunch, I think crunch, Bernie, and I, th- I just assume canonly, Bernie always pretty much is mindedly like, when she's resting or, like, doing nothing, petting Coco Snoot. So, like, the dog isn't talking because the dog is pretty happy. Like, <laughs> Yep. Just always
4: getting a little a little scratchy
3: Cocos and he's like, oh yes, all oh, to the left, to left, left, all oh, right there, all oh, burb. I am so glad you're not dead. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that cost me four hit dice. So Jonathan the Magimuscular muscular is back.
3: Oh, you're back up. You got four. You did four hit dice. You're back up. To...
0: four. Uh, yeah, so I've got uh, five hit dice left.
3: I used two. Did anybody else use hit dice? I think everybody else
4: is fine, actually. Yeah.
3: No? It's not
1: worth me getting it for one point.
3: Nah. No,
4: it's not. Uh, so you're back up. Short rest has come to an end. What would you like to do?
1: Jonathan
0: the Menge Muscular also has a decision to make real quick. So, I did not realize this, but the Arcane Recovery uh, it re- basically as a as an wizard, you can recover some of your spells during a short rest and it's half your wizard level rounded up. It's one of the yeah. few times D&D rounds up. Right. So, he could get back his 6th level slot or he could get back two of his uh 3rd level slots and have all of his 3rd level slots back.
3: Feel like all of your 3rd levels.
0: I slots. that's kind of what I was thinking because that's a lot of counter spells that I could potentially throw. So, yeah, yeah we're going to go that way. So, we've got More all
1: spell slots are always good.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you, ritual casting. Oh, and shot of fireball to Julia for the bravery spell.
4: Huzzah! Ooh. Huzzah! Oh, yeah. All right, Jonathan does a mental calculation of how many spells. Yeah, you he you like, throughout <laughs> the day,
0: and you see like magic actually flowing through his fingers as he does. You see his... like
1: numbers, like beautiful minding in front of you. <laughs> like we
3: actually see it
0: though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. absent mindedly in the call. Yeah, I think I uh, think counter spells would
1: be good. Who?
3: Bernie's like, we don't need to know. Sorry. But I need
4: to know what you're doing. What are you doing?
1: I think now that we've short rested, I think we continue down, right? Yeah, we keep going um and well, keep an eye out uh, for the the bats. Yeah, I mean, the thing
0: is, okay, let's take a let's take a measure of what we've accomplished. So we've killed one alhoon. The other one has escaped. We're pretty sure it escaped like either way away or it completely out of this plane. So, do we want to try and take on these Abishai, or do we want to just go back
1: and say
3: and tell the Abishai us were no? a
1: different direction,
3: right?
4: Abishai are in a different direction. I thought you would have to go back through the Smelly Tent tribe to get to the tu- the tunnel. Oh, okay. I think we'd so go you back. could kill two birds with one stone. That if is you went true,
1: that way. and we we. Did get rid of both of the,
4: uh, the mind flayers. Well, we,
1: yeah.
2: ch- we killed one, we chased one away. What's to stop the other one from coming back?
3: Well, I mean, we can't... Know, they don't need to know that much.
2: No, we want to be upfront, I think. but we, we can, say, help they, but them we can tell them, them we
3: chased, chased away. One away. Yeah,
2: we can say what we did and let them make a decision as to well whether they want to proceed or I, not.
1: I, right, but we don't have to tell them it could come back. They can form that opinion on their yeah,
3: own. Yeah, we really don't need to add that part in. That's just yeah. color commentary.
0: Yeah, that uh, yeah, that's an assumption. We can just tell them, hey, these are the abilities that we saw. It was able to teleport away. And then, like you said, they can make their own determination from there.
1: It was frightened of me.
0: That it, Jonathan the Metamuscular is 100% certain it was frightened of you, Carlton.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
3: I know so it's it ran ran away, telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, Probably Jonathan the, the, the Muscular has Citation. <laughs> All
1: right. So All right. back to the Smelly Trent and then Abishai?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think we just report in and let him know. And then as personal as these uh, mind players were to Jonathan the Muscular, having another white dragon that close to his home again, uh, not good. So, yeah. But we're All getting right. stuff done. We're getting yeah.
4: stuff done.
3: Checking this off the list. That is not to do. It's to
4: done. There you go. All right, so you're heading back up towards the Smelly tent Tribe. Are you taking the same path you did, or are you taking the other path?
0: Want to check out the? Oh no, we need to take the path we uh, we took down here because we're taking the uh, the downed goblins back. Are oh. we? I think we should.
4: Okay. They really
2: want to show up with. Uh, are we going to carry them, or do you really want to show up again and t- dragging dead goblins out of a bag? I can that carry wasn't... a couple. Okay. I
4: will say if it helps that decision. You do know this is the direction that the intent is once they know that it's it's Oh, they clear. can recover their own people. You are just come tell them this that, way. The, so there. Okay. You would know that if that helps that decision a little that, bit. That does actually. So okay.
0: let's let's actually let's go the I don't know, what do you guys think? We should maybe check out the other way,
1: see what's there. Yeah, let's take the other path back because we already know what's down the one path.
0: And then we'll tell them, Hey, your people are up there. They're not in great shape. Also, further down, there's a a few, there's like at least three cloakers. Yeah. Yeah. And their scout should be able to take care of them. Right. Alright.
4: Okay. In the interests of time, you head up the second path, the path that you didn't take the first time. It is eerily reminiscent of the way you came down. Uh, You do find in a couple of places what looked like there was a scuffle. There was some kind of of fight. Blood splatters, bits and pieces of, of cloth, but you don't find any bodies. And you do spend the next 45 minutes winding your way back up until you get to the tunnel that leads you back to the Smelly Tent tribe. And there you do see the, the same two goblins and drow that were standing there several hours ago at this point uh it's probably later in the afternoon they're all standing there the the drow actually waves and says ah you are still alive that is good to see yeah hey hurdle serby auntie was it successful
3: uh yeah
0: they're not down there anymore
4: yeah Ah. And they are super excited, and um, you you hear the one goblin go, Oh, this is great! I'm gonna go tell the leader! And she runs on off, uh, kind of uh... yelling as she goes...
0: Yeah, we should probably meet with the leader just to give a full accounting. Um, That's
4: a but- good oh, I'm, idea. I am sure he's going to want to talk to you. So she she is just telling the good news. It's going to take us like 15 minutes to close everything up. And we want to make sure that we can get out of here. We've been itching to leave pretty quickly. Well,
0: you guys are kind of the lead scouts. So just as a heads up, there's a bunch of cloakers down there. And also down down that one path, we did find your scouts. They're not in great shape, just to let you know. And Jonathan the Muscular, so as a body count, we killed uh, some of their minions, and we killed one of the mind players. The other one got away. It teleported away. But it's not down there anymore.
4: Hmm. All of that is excellent news. The Cloakers are, they are a minor nuisance. We know how to take care of them. I but it's good I just, to
0: know. I got the impression they were very, very dangerous. And Jonathan the Muscular like, winks at his owl. Uh,
4: they are very dangerous if you do not know they are there. But we are Very well aware of where they like to nest and where they like to hide. So it's good to know that that's the one that's, let me guess, down and a ways around the corner. He likes to hang out there. We can scare him away. They're good for keeping the riffraff. But no, we'll definitely go now that at least one of them is dead, you said, and the other... Where did it go?
3: Well, that is an incredibly good question. It
4: poofed. Mmm Poofing is never good. No. But if the one is dead and everything else is clear, now is our best chance to leave. So let me go bring you to Alto. He's going to get busy with all of the, the closing up of everything, and then we'll get we'll 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 be out of here in fifteen minutes. I don't know where you're going to go. Did you want to come with?
2: Travakur is actually gonna probably grab the uh, the tentacles from the big bag of holding and try and track down hewer because I know hewer was interested in, in getting at least one of them yeah we'll
0: we, we've got some business to take care of in the meantime
4: you're going to go see hewer he wanted tentacles yeah 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 All right, you you go see him before he closes up shop I'll go tell alto it'll we'll meet you there it'll be fine and he walks off leaving the one guard there to continue to Keep an eye on things. Guard. <laughs> to, to continue to guard. He's standing there looking uh, weird. So you head on over to <laughs> deliver tentacles to Hewer? Yeah,
2: yeah. You guys, do you wanna just give him one or two? Like, do you wanna keep two for ourselves just in case?
4: I
3: don't are we gonna use them? We could just give him all
2: of them. Yeah, just might as well
0: I mean, I don't does does Jonathan the Magic Muscular think that they could be useful as arcane reagents?
4: I mean, roll an Arcana check.
0: They weren't dead, but
4: Well, they were undead.
0: They were undead. Uh let's see, that is gonna be a twenty-one.
4: You don't know of anything to use them for, but you're only familiar with basic mind flares, and this undead creature is a little different than anything you've seen before. Jonathan the
0: Muscular has an idea. Uh we can take one back to the uh to the Amethyst Acropolis for study. I don't know if they I don't know if they've encountered these before. And Bernie, your order uh yeah, undead anything is uh is bad news, but undead mind players, that's that's a different ball game.
3: Um yeah, that is yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know when I'm, I I I when I'm gonna see them again.
4: As you are having this discussion, you're walking through the Smelly Tent tribe and obviously the the goblin that ran off has alerted everybody. Everybody is already Packing up, half the tents, even in these few minutes, are already collapsed. You Jeez, see suburban, that's be Yeah, these these goblins. Uh, there's goblins and bugbears and drow, and the, oh my, the, the one <laughs> oh my, the one giant you would notice before is helping literally lift giant beetles to place them next to places where they're then covered with packs and tents and supplies. This is. The equivalent of a carnival that wants to GTFO. They are. They know how to get out of there. They've been waiting for this moment. And now that they essentially think they have the all clear, this place is getting dismantled. By the time you get over to where Hewer is and his his tent all the way out on the side, the tent is gone. You don't know where it is. But Hewer is standing there, like in the spot where the tent, the two tents that were on top of each other usually are. He's got a pack slung over one bag and one shoulder and a box under the arm. And he's standing there grinning at the direction you're coming from as though he was expecting you. <sighs> you're bad. Hey, Huer. Hi. Did you bring me tentacles?
2: So we have bad news and good news. We were unable to secure a tentacle. However, we were able to get you a few tentacles. And Travencore is going to reach into the bag and grab three.
4: You make funny joke. Gimme, 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 gimme,
0: gimme, 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 gimme,
4: gimme, 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 give he takes, snatches them from you. He actually drops the box that he had under one, uh, kind of the crook of his elbow. Drops it to use the arm to grab them. Smells them. Goes, uh-uh, oh, undead, un, ah, eviler than I thought.
0: That good?
4: We're is bad. that good? No, oh, is never good. You know what these are. Well,
0: they're Alhoon tentacles. We didn't know they were Alhoons. Like we, we found that out once we got up close.
4: Ah, dirty liches in training. What?
0: Wait, wait.
4: He takes the tentacles and shoves them into his bag and says, that's what an alhoun is, you not know. I didn't know till now. You see? You see? And he pulls one of the tentacles back out and he kind of waves it in front of you and it's dry and crackling. He's like, I'm dead Eva." Question. Answer. Uh,
0: Liches in, lich in training. And do, training? Do those things have a phylactery?
4: don't know they're not really liches they are they are they are mind flayers that do magic and mind flayers don't like magic fuck Oh. Uh, mind right. well, flayers who do magic and want to live forever i mean who doesn't want to live forever
0: well, mind flayers don't. They? they want to join the the. They want to join the the mother brain.
4: Not unless they learn magic.
0: Right. Okay. That's what User. these
4: are. You kill one. You kill two. You kill how many? You
0: kill. We just killed the one. one. Uh, Bernie oh, actually good. killed this one.
4: Good. He looks at you. Good. Good. He stuffs the tentacle back in his pack and goes, We are leaving! I have gifts for you! Alto said pay you well. And he hands over, it's this uh, about foot-long box. It looks like rusted metal, but still super heavy. And he kind of holds it out. Okay.
2: Thank you. I take the box. Yep.
4: When you go to take it, he doesn't hand you the box. He just opens up the lid. Reach inside, grab something. Okay.
2: Right. Uh, Travancore grabs it. Something, okay. whatever you can.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yep. You reach into the box, and I need you to roll a d4. Well, that's exciting. Oh, random loot!
2: I love this! Me too. I don't know what the means are. I roll a
4: four. Yay! Okay. You pull out. It looks like a toothpick. You kind of reach <laughs> in, and it's like the bag of holding, and where even though this box is only about a foot deep, you're whole elbow goes on and you reach down and then you feel this tiny little thing and you pull it out and it it's this tiny little toothpick sized dark, darkly colored something but you can see as you hold it up close, it's intricately carved and it it almost pulses in your hand and Hewer uh, goes, ha! <laughs> Noisy cricket.
3: Ah, someone else. Tick, 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 tick. Bernie got a three. <laughs>
4: oh. Tiny no man goes. Hey! Bernie, it's weird. You expect something else small, and yet this large javelin comes out. It's larger than you, um, um. and yeah, it's it's also made of this dark wood and feels incredibly light. Okay. Carlton, what's your role? I shall call you. Bertha. I got a one. Bertha. Okay, you got a one. You pull out a dagger. It's got a jade hilt and it's Ooh. made of this cold iron. And you can see on the the face of it, there is an image carved into it of a solar, a winged celestial being banishing some kind of evil creature with giant horns, a pit fiend, back to the nine hells. Dope. Bernie's gonna look at you and she's...
1: I say that out loud. I just look at it like,
4: dope!
3: Bernie's gonna look at you and she's gonna hold the spear
4: out. Before you do all that, Jonathan, since you're last, what was the number you rolled? I rolled a four. Excellent. You pull out a bottle. And it looks like a potion bottle, but um, it's this strange blood-like liquid on the inside and it it doesn't look like any kind of potion you're familiar with. Oh. And as you pull that out, Hewer laughs. Oh <laughs> right, One more thing, one more thing! And he reaches his goblin arm in and kind of feels around in all the way up to his shoulder. And he finally scoops something out. And it's this large humanoid skull with yellowed eyes. And it's It's weird. As he pulls it out, it's it's like sitting on his palm as though he had just like scooped it up in just the right way. And despite the fact that the four of you are around him, it looks like it's looking at all of you. He tosses it to Carlton. He closes the box and says, tip for being quick. He takes the box back under his arm and says, I gotta go. Gotta go catch up with everybody. Bye. Enjoy Talking Skull. Bye bye. And he wanders. He quickly runs off to where he's Talking. And with that, we're going to pause here next time. (laughs) Between now and then when we get together. Um, I will give you some information about the, the things you just acquired. Uh, if you have any last minute questions for Alto, you'll have a chance to. But for the moment, we'll pause with the talking skull as I give you some experience. Wait, is that the name of the talking skull is Alto? No, Alto is the name of the the leader of the Smelly Tent tribe. You met him. Okay, for investigating a couple of possible leads for uh, <laughs> Medulla Medula, Oblon Gobblers. <laughs> the, be- the best, the yeah. best, the absolute best for remembering to take the tentacles. And did you actually? You took the minotaur skull, right? You put it in the bag for the minotaur skull. For the lesson on tallow, and for Buck's having a tiny little adventure of his own. I'm going to give you a total of eight thousand six hundred experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, you will finish up your business with the uh, expeditiously retreating smelly tent tribe. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.